Hi, and welcome to episode 62 of the Authentic Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, accredited coach CC Ojani Bekor, teaching leaders like you how to be well and do well. It's November 2020. We've been in the COVID-19 and physical distancing experience and all the related consequences for quite a few months now. And guys, you've made it. You've made it this far. That is reason enough to be grateful and to pat yourself in the back for hanging in there. Today's episode is actually a repeat of an episode that I recorded a year ago, and it has to do with how we can healthily deal with sadness. If you've gone through 2020 without feeling a hint of sadness, you are in a very small minority. Because even those of us who still have our jobs, are still in our marriages, and are still finding ways to score goals here and there professionally, even we have felt twinges of sadness, moments, sometimes even days or weeks of sadness. We're grieving. We've lost a lot. A lot has changed. We've been confronted with all the things that we conveniently managed to distract ourselves from in previous years. The point I'm making is this. It is perfectly appropriate to feel sad at times during this year and maybe even into next year. It is appropriate. In the episode that I had recorded last year, I share some tips for how to healthily deal with sadness and I was inspired to reshare that episode because I've been having conversations recently with clients who are allowing themselves to just feel sad. Like so many of you, they've soldiered on over the last few months and they're feeling fatigued, they're feeling tired. I certainly know what that's like. And there comes a point, guys, where you just have to pause and allow yourself to feel the sadness. And so, let me repost that episode. I hope you get something out of it. And the most important thing I want you to remember is this. You're human. And being human comes with a plethora of emotions. Sadness is just one of them. Sadness, crying, experiencing grief is not a sign of weakness. You're human. Give yourself permission to feel. Enjoy the episode. What I mean when I say how can we deal courageously and healthily with sadness is how can we experience these emotions, move through them, and come out of it a better person? So, not being in denial, not bypassing, no sugarcoating with tactics like positive thinking, no parking it for later when you're less busy. How can we experience emotions like sadness, move through them, and come out of it a better person? In other words, how can we healthily move through all there is to experience in life, including the more difficult aspects of it? First things first, acknowledge that you're feeling the way you feel. Acknowledge that something has happened or is happening and it's affecting you. Especially for high achievers and go-getters, 
We can tend to bypass this stage by just soldiering on, as they say. My default was to quickly start looking for solutions. You see, I felt lonely growing up, and I was a very sensitive and shy kid, and there was a deep sadness I often experienced. I felt that I didn't belong. Story of many people's lives, right? What happened was I then became the kind of adult who didn't want to dwell in sadness. I felt empowered when I found solutions, so I was always quick, maybe a bit too quick, to say to myself, okay, what's the solution to this? Now I know that it's not healthy to bypass sadness in this way. It's not healthy to dwell, to stay too long in sadness, and if one isn't careful, it can lead to depression, but it's also not healthy to bypass it. So, acknowledge. Acknowledge that something happened or is happening, and it is in fact having an effect on you. What does that look like? Well, it's saying out loud to yourself, wow, I've just gone through a divorce and I'm not feeling okay. It's saying to yourself, wow, it's been three years of being unhappy in this job and I'm not okay. It's saying to yourself, wow, I have a family member who is unwell, the prognosis isn't good and I'm scared, I'm not okay. It's saying to yourself, Wow, it's been tough for me in my marriage for the last year. I feel so lonely. I'm not okay. This is called being humble, and it's also called being human. And feeling this way is appropriate. Step number two, sit with it. If you need to take a day off to cry, do that. If you need to go to a friend's house and cry on her or his shoulders, do that. You're human. Being human isn't a weakness. Crying doesn't mean you're weak. Crying doesn't mean you're whinging or whining. You're crying because you're sad, and that is appropriate. It's appropriate to cry when you are sad. It's appropriate to feel some kind of way when something didn't work out the way you had hoped. So sit with it. Feel the sadness. Cry with someone. Talk to others who have experienced the same thing. If you've lost a loved one, cry with others who are also sad and grieving the loss. If you're going through a divorce, cry with someone who's been through divorce. Or maybe just cry to someone who you know has your back. Writing also helps getting the thoughts out of your system and down on paper and tearing the pages up, throwing them away and repeating the same process the very next day. Just get it out of your system. Writing is a good way of doing that. Be by yourself if you need the space. Sleep if you need the rest. And most importantly, watch out for judgment. Judging yourself for being in a marriage that has become difficult, judging yourself for being a divorcee, judging yourself as being incapable because the business isn't going as well as you'd hoped. Judgment just slows us down. Judging doesn't help. Difficulties happen to everyone. Judging is futile. So when I say sit with it, 
feel the feelings, I don't mean judge it as good or bad, right or wrong. Just feel the unpleasantness in your body. Feel the tears as they begin bubbling up and allow them to flow. Exhaust yourself from crying. It's healthy. Just get it out. Sit with it. Step number three, talk to a professional. I am a huge, huge fan of this. And it doesn't matter whether you need to have just two or three sessions or whether you need to engage in ongoing therapy or coaching, just do it. It is a wise use of your time and your money, speaking to someone who can help you navigate healthily through a difficult time. If someone you love is ill, for example, speak to a professional about, number one, your own feelings about it, and number two, how to be of the best support to this person. I have clients come to me all the time wanting help to get out of the personal and professional rut that they find themselves in. And again, it's the wise thing to do, and it is appropriate. I am really not a fan of soldiering through difficult times by yourself. Now, there are some things that a counselor, psychologist, or psychiatrist is better equipped to handle than a coach. One of the first topics we cover when I was getting my coaching accreditation a few years ago was discussing the difference between coaching and some of these other modalities. And there is a difference. If, for example, a refugee was to come to me asking for coaching, it is my duty to ensure that he or she has had or is having sessions with a psychologist, for example. And in fact, a number of my clients see a therapist while also seeking coaching. It is appropriate. If you're in a marriage and you're going through a rough time, don't wait for things to get so bad before seeking help. In a marriage, the key thing is to get the help ASAP. Don't wait. Don't wait for your spouse to say, I'm done, before you start suggesting that you go see someone. Get the help. My husband and I, for example, sought help from a couple's therapist a few months after our daughter was born. We wanted support to navigate this change in how we relate to one another. We wanted help to figure out how to be as okay as possible with less sleep now that there was a baby in the mix. It was the appropriate thing to do. And you certainly can't coach your spouse, so it was also appropriate for me to recognize that my skills didn't cover this particular topic. Number one, I'd never been a parent before. And number two, it's my own marriage we're discussing. So I wasn't, in fact, an independent party in this. Get the help from a professional. Now, things can get tricky when it comes to how long we should allow ourselves to feel the sadness or the grief or the frustration. If we're not careful, over a long period of time, we can find ourselves in severe depression. Following the above three steps, and especially step number three of getting help, can mitigate this. Now, there are many reasons someone can experience depression. It's not just due to stressful life events. This is why that third step is so key. Whether you do it for a short period of time 
or whether you do it for years, talk to a professional who can help you during a difficult time. So what have we learnt in this episode? Number one, life happens to all of us. To think that some of us have it easy and some don't is really just an illusion. Everyone, even world-famous celebrities, go through tough stuff in life. No one, no matter how wealthy or gorgeous, is immune. Number two, acknowledge when something is affecting you. Don't judge yourself, don't blame others, don't soldier alone. Life happens and you're human. Number three, sit with it, feel the feelings. Number four, get help from a professional. It may be for a short time, it may be for a long time, but just get the help. That's it for the episode, guys. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. If you are a leader in an organization and would like to learn more about how I can help you with your well-being and your leadership journey, you can always go to www.themainprotagonist.com. I'm looking forward to connecting again with you next week right here on the podcast.